podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Well, hello and welcome to the Tour Report from Secret Golf. After Xander winning the Travellers' Championship last week, we are here to talk about the John Deere Classic. Now, it's at TBC Deer Run. Elk, you and I have really been digging deep into our picks this week because I think it's very fair to say that the John Deere Classic has been affected by the PGA Tour schedule this year and the fact that the Scottish Open is next week followed by the Open Championship in St Andrews. And a lot of these guys have had a a busy time, a long run of tournaments really around the US Open. Yeah, and I think, Diane, all the people in Quad Cities don't care. They come to this event no matter what. I used to play this event every year. I'm going to take you way back, Diane, to 1996. All the good players played here in the start of their career. Tiger Woods was paired with Ed Fiore in 1996, probably the most um, two opposite ends of ball striking spectrum you could ever get. Ed Fiore hits the ball about 250 yards off the tee. You can imagine Tiger Woods in 1996 hits the ball 350 yards. He was out. Hit, and Ed Fiore had the lead going to the last. Last round, paired together, and Ed Fiore took down Tiger Woods that day. He was driving the ball, Tiger was, 100 yards past Ed Fiore that day, and to this day, Eddie bought a boat with um, the money he won at Quad City called the Tiger Killer, (laughs) and it was an amazing day. But we've seen Jordan speak. We've seen a lot of guys come to Quad City, kickstart their careers this week, is a big opportunity. <clears throat> you know, I talk about opportunities all the time. This field is set with not many star players. However, all these guys, as you look, as you look down this list, you're looking at guys that need a good week to jump into the FedEx. You need, you need guys that want to win, to get a win, so they can be exempt for two years. So it's very important to the players that are here at this event. So I'm not even going to focus on live. I'm not focused on anything. The people at, the people at Quad City love these Love having the players up there. And I got a, there's so many good stories in this field this week that I'm honestly pretty dang excited about it. Yes, that's the attitude to have. And there are a lot of good stories. We're going to tell quite a few of them. Um, you mentioned Live Golf. You and I are going to get together uh, probably tomorrow and we'll record a, a little show about the Portland event kicking off on Thursday and all the new announcements. But you're right, we're going to leave out of the show. We're going to focus on the PGA Tour and the John Deere Classic. Talking of the field, I mean, um, the the kind of top names, I think there's only two names in the top 75 in the world, Webb Simpson and Christian Bezadenhout. Jason Day is one of the star names playing this week. Um, I was so excited when I saw Davis Riley in the field because I'm like, oh, this is it. Like, this is going to be it for him. Then he withdrew and Daniel Berger was uh, was really the, the star name that they had. And then he withdrew on Monday as well. So that's a bit of a shame. I hate these these late announcements. And I always feel for the tournament because it has to be really tough for them, for especially those two names who were going to be real names to watch to withdraw so late in the game. Yes. And <clears throat> this golf course, by the way, is fabulous. What you said, everything about that was true, um, about the players withdrawing. I was there when Paul Goydos, I stood just behind you there and watched him knock in about a 15-footer for a 59. I played exactly the same time off the 10th tee, shot, I think, about a 69. And I thought, 
there's no way this guy's going to beat me by 10 strokes. I played pretty well. So this course is going to give up a lot of lot of birdies this week, Diane. I'm looking at the sheet for momentum. I'm looking at players that do well at the John Deere. I'm looking for players that drive it straight. D.A. Wybring was the name of the past that designed this golf course. Uh, we went up there and opened it way back in the day. Peter Jacobson was there. Paul Azinger was there. Billy Ray Brown was there. We played this golf course for the first time. And it's really incredible. When you start to think about um, Zach Johnson, Steve Stricker, the guys that are from the Midwest that have gone to this event and won it, they just absolutely revere those guys up here. And they've got the giant pork chop tent, Diane. I've talked a lot about the pork chop tent between 16 and 17. They sell more pork chops there than any place on earth, or they maybe they even give them away. I knew yeah, that there was a, a food, uh, there was a food item that you were going to go big on this week. I couldn't remember what it was, but it's the pork chop sandwich. <laughs> it's a it's a boneless pork chop, Diane, with a little bit of fat on the edge on white bread. I mean, only someone like you from Scotland would absolutely love this sandwich. Oh, I love that fat on the edge of a pork chop. That's one of my favorite. Oh my gosh, don't even get me started. I'm pregnant and craving everything right now. Um, but well, as you walk off the 16th hole, as you walk off the 16th hole, a very short par three, you have quite a walk back to 17 okay. and huge tent. All the, all the people are lined up to get their pork chop sandwiches. And there's usually a tournament official, someone from the John Deere, handing them out to players as they walk by. They can eat it on the way to the 17th tee. So amazing hospitality. We talked a lot about hospitality last week at the, at the Travelers, where they treat the players very well. And they, they treat the players well everywhere. But this is a certain feel. This is a very much a community that's involved in this event. Um, tremendous support they come out and they set their chairs there diane and their blankets and they stay there the whole week and it's awesome that's what it's all about um, right well you talk about the course par 71 just shy of 7300 yards and we are going to see low scoring i feel like there's always a little bit of sunday drama here and a lot of guys that have gone low and that are in contention lucas glover won last year at 19 under par there was no tournament in 2020 because of covid dylan fratelli you know you talk about guys getting their first pga tour win at this tournament he won in 2019 at 21 under par but 2018 it was michael kim who smashed all records and got to 27 under par which is unreal so we know that we're going to be looking for guys that can make birdies and really take advantage of scoring opportunities this week. Yeah, and if you lean sideways just a little bit, let us take a peek oh. at that first hole there. Very lush, very manicured golf course. It, DA did a, a masterful job of just telling you where you have to hit the ball. And that hole there is usually a three-wood or a layup just up to the side. You come back now, Diane. I got it. Uh but the par fives are reachable in two. There's a drivable par four on the back nine. I've done the drawings. You'll be able to visit those. 17 is exciting coming down the stretch because everyone can reach the green in two. It's just a lot of drama around this tournament. The last hole wraps around uh, a tree and comes down to a beautiful lake where thousands of people are sitting there all day waiting for you to come in. We saw Jordan Spieth hole a bucket shot there to get his first win. Uh, he's made a habit of that. He did it at Hartford years <laughs> later. But I look at the sheet and I'm, I'm looking for people that can go low. I was looking, you know, talking about guys, uh, I'm going to jump right into just a name, Ches Reavy. When I think about this course, Diane, I start to think about who wins it all the time. 
uh, talked about Ed Fiore. Of course, that was at a different location. Steve Stricker and Zach Johnson, medium range hitters, great putters, but they're very fired up to be there. You've got to have a good attitude when you go this far out into the Midwest, Diane. They have a big dig on uh, Tuesday afternoon where they let all the players get in those big trucks and dig holes and push things over. It's all about attitude this week. I took Sam when he was a little boy up there. It was the greatest thing in the world to get on the big dig with Sam. He never, he's never forgotten it. Um, so, you know, a lot of, a lot of, takes a lot of passion to win this tournament. You've got to be, want to be there. And I'm picking guys this week that are, have not just good stats, but they're looking for something more out of their season that have shown me some form. And I think they can do it. But I was, I did say Ches Reeve, very similar player to Steve Stricker, had a good finish last two weeks on tour. Doesn't quite putt good enough for me. Okay, well, yeah, we're looking for scoring opportunities. You talk about those um, par fives. The second hole par five plays as the easiest hole on the course year after year. I think it is one of the, the top eagle holes on the PGA Tour. Interesting, though, like we talk about the tree-lined fairways. The fairways are wider than average. Large greens, too. But the rough... Yeah, that Kentucky bluegrass rough is known to be some of the most penal on the PGA Tour. So, um, you know, guys want to uh, definitely avoid that. So I'm looking at um, birdie average, like obviously guys that can go low, scramblers, um, just overall good ball strikers. And one thing that I really took into account with my picks this week is guys that are confident and you talk about the opportunity week. So they have a little bit of form, but they have increased confidence heading into this week too. And there's there's a lot of them. We we did our sheet and you can check it out on the SG Tour Golf Gaming app. But, the, you know, you really dig through the sheet and you'll see a lot of guys that have been playing good the last couple of weeks that have to be coming into this week with increased confidence. Yeah, I think there's a handful of players. It won't be any surprise of when we start to un unfold our picks we have for this week and the reasons we're doing it because they're they're on form and ready to make birdies. I was looking at Sahith Fagala, who yeah. made a mess of the last hole at last week at Travelers. I mean, I think he's in a transition period, Diane. I talked, I've picked him a lot this season at different places, waiting for him to peak again. I missed again by about three weeks, but... I think Fagala will play this course too aggressively. He's a long hitter, likes to cut across corners, do, do all sorts of things, and that's going to suit him well down the road. But that was a tremendous mistake he made on 18. He needed to pitch that ball out. I mean, good tour players. If, if Raymond Floyd or Hale Irwin, I was, I was watching the golf on TV thinking about, okay, how would, how would Raymond Floyd and Hale Irwin assess this situation? Or Jack Nicholas, for example. They would roll the odds, right? The odds are... The odds would say, if I pitch this ball out, knock it on, have a chance to finish 19, that the worst I'm going to finish is 18, that forces the player behind me to make birdie. Now, Xander Shoffley did make birdie and beat him, but the odds were he had to play out. So yeah. young tour players don't, don't know how to roll the odds. And it probably cost him about, I don't know, five four $400,000 that he gave to T. Post and one of our secret golf contributors who finished moved up to position number two. I was texting with him. His game is very good, and we'll probably likely see him in our picks this week. Mm -hmm. So, uh, Sahith Lagala was would have been probably at the top of my list, but I think he's still evolving into a what, what I would call a superstar player. Mm 
Okay. Play, he's going to play the course too aggressive. He's going to cut across too many corners. He's going to get tangled up, but who knows? I said that to Garrett when he when he bladed that shot in the bunker on 18. Um, I said to my husband, that was a great boost for JT Poston. <laughs> nice little addition to that pay packet. Um, right, okay, so we are going to get into our picks. We each have an outright favourite, a one to watch, and then a dark horse. And I'm saying, I'm prefacing this with they have to be over 100 to 1, but I know that you're going to take a little liberty with that this week, and it's fine. Um, I'll start with my outright favourite, because I have two names. <laughs> this is like a new trend um, of giving a couple of names, but... It's because my first guy is a definite favourite and it shows in the odds. I'm going with uh, Canadian Adam Hadwin. He's plus 1,800. But looking at current form, what was it, like four top tens in his last nine starts, finished T7 at the US Open. And his game has really been trending. He, you know, had a couple of good days at the Canadian Open, a lot of expectation there pretty much. But he's, um, you can see it in his stats that they're improving week after week. This is definitely a, a great season for him. And the, the putter is really the club that is uh, definitely working for him right now. So he's one of the favourites, without a doubt, at 18 to 1. But um, I, I'm going to go with someone who is higher at, at plus 4,500. And he's an Illinois native. So this is going to be a special week for Nick Hardy. He's, again, going to have amazing crowd support. He's He was born in Illinois. He went to college here. But playing well heading into this kind of weaker field event and he's got to take that confidence from a top 15 at the US Open finishing a tie for 14th and then a tie for 8th at the Travelers last week and again when you look at his stats his putting stats have really really improved and in his last three starts you can see a noticeable improvement in his putting we know that you're gonna need to make a lot of birdies in this kind of low scoring event but I looked at his stats for last week off the tee around the green and in putting he was all top 20 so that's brilliant and as I say the confidence he's going to take from two really really good weeks making a lot of money getting some good FedEx cut points and then having the backing of family and friends and people he went to college with and um, being the home kid so I really like Nick Hardy at 45 to 1. You've got to have that connection you always have three things that you put together <laughs> to get make a pick so one of them they have to have a nice dog you usually have to have them married. So, yeah. no, no, no. So what are they? What are the well, three? I will say I was so upset that I found out after Xander won the Travelers that Sunday was his first wedding anniversary because if I'd known that beforehand, I probably would have picked him. But I always like to look at yeah, um, the stats because we dig so deep into the stats that I'm always going to look at those. Then I'm always going to look at uh, current form and just how they've been playing lately. I know that guys can come out of nowhere and surprise us, but then there's always those other little things as well that are going on behind the scenes. You call them the intangibles and you taught me that. And I see it, you know, with my brother too, that there's always extra stuff that, that can help towards a good performance. So Nick Hardy, local support going for it this week. Yeah, that's a great pick. You know, when you think about this tournament, Diane, and the players that are there, <clears throat> who has momentum? I'm starting to think already. If I'm there, I'm I'm thinking who's going to be playing so good that they're just going to walk through each nine, two under par, mm -hmm. four under a day gets to sixteen under. That'll be somewhere going into Sunday with a chance to win. And then I think of my friend Jason Duffner, who's been struggling with his golf right now. 
two under on any nine holes would be a, a you know sort of a, a great nine holes in other words he'd be trying to see something but there's guys out there diane that are playing so well they're going to knock off a birdie at number two they're going to knock off a birdie on one of the short holes with a wedge i'm looking at scott Stylings this mm-hmm. week he yeah. has been playing really good golf strong kid could have won at colonial played good at the travelers top tens in both he's green across the board I got to think Stallings is up here to try to make a win. I mean, to be serious about being at this tournament, you know, Berger withdrew, you know, um, it's all about attitude this week. I was, as I said, I've already, I was looking at Ches Reevy. I was looking at Thigala, but I'm, I'm really focused on Scott Stallings. He's playing well. He ha- he played in two very good fields, top tens in those two that I mentioned. So He's a guy that I think is just going to waltz through this tournament, Diane, get two under each nine, and he's going to be there. So I'm, I'm all in on him winning this tournament this week. 35 to 1 as well, so that's good. That's what I mean, you know, you would, I bet Scott Stallings was nowhere near 35 to 1 last week at the Travellers. So this week, his odds are definitely cut, and he's going to be up that kind of top section of the board. But I agree with you. I looked at Scott Stallings as well. He's um, You notice, like, when you're following tournaments week in, week out, the names that are in contention more and more. And it could be on Sunday. It could be, you know, throughout the course of the tournament. And Stallings is there or thereabouts pretty much every week right now. So I like it. Well, I'm a big biorhythms guy, Diane, as you know, and the guys play well at certain times of the year. Mm-hmm. And there's also a little known fact, Diane, that uh, every tour player on tour makes about 90% of their money in about four events. Now, say, what do you mean, Elk? Well, when Tiger won, he won four events, so that was where he made the bulk of the money. Mm-hmm. Someone like me, I might have won a tournament or I finished in the top 10 three other times. That was accumulated for about 90% of the money. So... As you start to handicap, you have to watch and see where some of these guys are going to make their most money. And that's all taken into consideration, of course. So um, that's what I'm looking at. Okay. You were a March guy, weren't you? You loved those Florida events. <laughs> Florida, and when it got windy, I knew that I could probably play the wind better than the average guy because I was a straight hitter. I, I, I won at Doral twice and I won at the players twice windy i could keep the ball in play i didn't have to go crazy with uh, scoring like palm springs or on the west coast so that was that was my time that was your biorhythm okay right we're moving on to our ones to watch so guys that are slightly higher odds and um and we make a good argument for them i again i've got two this week but why not you know we've got to dish them out and one of the guys you've mentioned already and you teased that we were going to be talking about him but he's part of the secret golf team and i don't like to pick guys just based on how they performed the week before but jt poston at 55 to 1 like you cannot ignore that this week we just talked about the fact he finished runner-up at the travelers he opened with a 62 and finished with a 64 And I always think like on a Sunday when he was, you know, a few groups before the final group, under pressure to move up that leaderboard, but not under the most pressure and to shoot 64, fantastic birdie putt on 18 and obviously made him a huge amount of money. But we know that he's such a good putter. He was second in approach. He was 12th in putting last week and there was once, here's one stat that I really dove into for Poston. And I know he hasn't made 
a huge amount of cuts this season, but his final round scoring average for the whole PGA Tour season, he's sitting at third. Now, obviously, shooting that 64 at the Travelers on Sunday would have helped, but there's always a bunch leaderboard heading into Sunday here. And I think, you know, a guy like Poston that can kind of run away with it a bit on a Sunday, I love that. So at 55 to 1, I'm staying loyal to our secret golfer, JT Poston, and, uh, and hoping for another good week. Well, you just proved what I just said a minute ago, which is they make all their money in four weeks. And JT Poston, I was texting with him after the Travelers, he's second place. And he never says this. He never he never texts me that my game is so good right now. Elk, uh, I hope he doesn't even see this before the tournament because that might jinx him. But he's he's playing very well. He's one of these guys that once they get their game in, in, in good form, same with Pat and Kasaya. They go hot, they get low. Um, it's sort of... I, I tell a lot of the young players on tour that playing on tour is like riding bulls. You know, if you, you get thrown off quite a bit, but if you, if you, if you get upset by getting thrown off, in other words, if you get down in the dumps, when you miss a bunch of cuts, um, you're not going to make it on the tour. So he doesn't, obviously that doesn't happen to him. JT hangs in there. And um, I've also uh, had analogies like a race car driver. Sometimes he smashes into the wall and this is a cut right out of the gate. But when he's in the race for the long haul, he does what he did. And he, as you said, 64 third round scoring average. I am, however, moving away from uh, JT's obviously up there with one of my picks. I, I just knew that you were going to pick him. So I moved. <laughs> but I'm picking for another. I'm picking for another guy that's used to looking at corn, Diane. Nate okay. Lashley, who's having a great season. He's from Nebraska. Uh, I look at this kid's stats and I call him a kid because he is to me. He's 83rd on the FedEx. That's the first thing I look at. He's 65 to 1. Okay, here we go. Birdie average 24th. Uh, putting average 29th. Scrambling 63rd. Proximity to the hole 60th. Driving accuracy 58th. He's the only guy down here in the B category that has a green numbers all the way across the board. I don't, I've never shook hands with Nate Lashley. I've watched his game with, admired his game from afar for a young guy that's coming along. But I'm putting some, I'm putting some stock in that he likes corn, Diane, and he's used to seeing everything about the Midwest. And I'm also putting stock in that he's going to be very excited to be up in this part of the country. You have to meet him. One and isn't there, an old, isn't there an old saying that if the corn is not knee high by the 4th of July, it's not going to be a good crop? Is I'm just throwing that in there too. I mean, you're asking the wrong person. You and I are probably not the best people to talk about <laughs> American words of wisdom and geography but um, I like it you and you've been big on Nate Lashley again um, a lot this season so what odds do you have for him I have 65 to 1 okay. I've that's got a very good more. odds for Lashley yeah. I've got another guy that's 66 to 1 um, and I'm talking about that confidence John Ha <laughs> which yeah just, he's got good stats too yeah um t13 at the travelers t12 at the charles schwab challenge just a few weeks before but when i um, looked into his stats 10th in approach from 100 yards that's a really good stat that's important and he's 11th from 125 to 150 yards so you know that is obviously his uh, where he's making his money right now good start for him and he finished t7 here in 2018 so knows the course and has a good amount of confidence from his game and from prior experience around here so i'm adding john ha as well i like it good, good. okay um right dark horses this week 
I'm, I'm going to let you go first because you've already given me the heads up that your guy is a little under 100 to 1, but we're going to let it let it. Slip. Well, <laughs> I've got him at 80 to 1, but he's the brightest dark horse of anyone. He just fresh off a runner-up finish in the U.S. Senior Open. It would be the, the hometown hero, basically, Steve Stricker, 50-odd years old. Could he turn the clock back one more time? I don't even know. I went through the record. I don't know how many times he's won this tournament, but this, you know, when you start to think about guys like Steve Stricker, Phil Mickelson, of course, won Kiowa last year, uh, did it with power, but Steve Stricker's game is just a sort of a methodical metronomic swing down the middle onto the green, knows he probably still putts as good as anyone on the PGA Tour. He'll be excited to be at this tournament. He's he, almost kept this tournament alive himself, him and Zach Johnson. Mm-hmm. I got him at 80 to 1 this week, but I'm going to put my put a little stock in that he's playing good enough to hang around a little bit, Diane. I don't know if he can win the tournament for 80 to 1, though. My goodness, Steve Stricker. Well, he's, he's won my it dark horse to pick. He's won it three times before. Three. Yeah. So, um, again, he's going to have those passionate fans that are going to give him a real hero's welcome because he's, uh, he's obviously... He obviously means a lot to this tournament and the tournament obviously means a lot to him. So it's going to be good to see him in action. Right. My dark horse is 150 to one. So, you know, when we put the two together, we're, we'll, we're, we're well within there. I'm going with Chesson Hadley. There's a new, new, new rule on our <laughs> report. If you're over 50, you get a bit further down. Uh, okay. On the odds. You can you can have that one. I can't argue that. Okay. Um, I'm going with yeah, Chesson yeah. Hadley at 150 to 1. Played great at the Travellers. Um, finished fifth, which was excellent. But he is, um, it's his putting has really improved. And um, I saw that he's shot up the, the putting stats over the last couple of weeks to 26th on the PGA Tour. But again, here's two stats that I really dove into. Um, how he plays at the weekend Round three putting, he's first on the tour this season. And in the final round putting, he's eighth. So make the cut, get to the weekend. It's almost like the pressure comes off a little bit. And this is when he performs and starts draining those putts and making birdies. So Chesson Hadley, I'm all in this week at 150 to one. And again, like the most likable guy, isn't he? You, he's one of these people that you always want to do to do well and root for. And I'm pretty confident that he's a Midwest guy. Yeah, when you think about a guy that becomes number one putter on Saturday, that's usually a guy that worries about his putting the first two days or plays conservative. And as soon as he makes the cut, he lets it go. His position on our sheet this week, right next to a couple of guys worth mentioning, Brent Snedeker's right there. He's a great putter. No form at all. The odds are 200 to 1. It's hard for me to believe. Zach Johnson, who really is the hometown hero, 100 to 1. I'm looking at Zach's stats. He's 198th in making birdies. I think now distance could be a problem for him to mm-hmm. – not a, not a super short hitter, but 88th in putting. But he'll be he'll be enormous. Uh, he, so when we talk about star players, the two star players this week, that they have that nobody will talk about ever will be Zach Johnson and Steve Stricker. They will get more, uh, they will get more applause, more accolades than any of uh, if Brooks Koepka or Bryson DeChambeau were there. I can promise you. Yeah. So very, uh, very interesting dynamic. Very community orientated tournament. Brian Stewart, of course, up there at two hundred hey. to one. I looked he, at him. He pops in at number two in driving accuracy. So, you know, it's going to be a great week up there. There's a lot of uh, 
the, there's a lot of the, the tour is is splintered with different articles all over the place this week. Uh, I still think that John Deere is going to have a great a great tournament. Yeah, I looked at Brian Stewart and I typed out a few arguments, but I just couldn't get to my three reasons to pick him, so I had to delete him. Um, and like that's fine. I I feel good about Jason Hadley, but um, I was mad. At, well, no, I'm not mad at myself. It's up to me. But Denny McCarthy's playing this week, and we know how big I've been on him <laughs> all season. Great putter, great scrambler. Um, so he could be one to watch. I think he was like twenty. 22 to 1 or something yeah 22 to 1 so and Chesson Hadley by the way is from North Carolina so he's not from the Midwest but like close enough and if Davis Riley wins this week that'll be that will just really tank me right because well, no, I've had not, him almost no, he's not playing oh he withdrew he withdrew okay yeah so good, he's good. obviously been on a good little tear lately but next week is exciting because we have the we have two events We've got the Barbasol that's taking place, but also the Scottish Open. And it's the first time that the Scottish Open has counted as a PGA Tour event. It's a co-sanction between the DP World Tour and the PGA Tour. So nine of the world's top 10 are gonna be playing there. Um, you know, my brother's going over. I think there's at least six Scots in the field right now. And for a lot of guys, it's gonna be a, a nice little warm up for the Open Championship. Should say as well that this week and next week, both count as the open qualifying. So there's three spots available this week at the John Deere Classic to get into the field at St. Andrews, which again is a big motivation. Yeah, and going back to biorhythms, as I said before, uh, who finished, who got beaten the playoff last year in the Barbasol this time last year? JT Poston. Bingo, you your pick. That's it. Whoa, so, good memory. I'm all about, I'm all about that you know, yeah. biorhythms. Yeah. Okay, great. Well, that was our tour report this week for the John Deere Classic. Um, as I said, you can check out all of our stats, the full sheet, our re-ranking of the field on the SG Tour app. Find that in the App Store. Play along on our games this week as well and pick your four ball team. You can go up against Elk and I and we'll have videos and, and podcasts, all of our picks up there. And then we are going to jump back on on Wednesday. And we will talk about Live Golf because it's the Portland event. A lot of new names added into the mix. Um, Brooks Kepka, Matt Wolf, Bryson DeChambeau, Pat Perez, who's part of the Secret Golf team. And I know, Elk, you've been talking to Pat. So we'll jump back on and we'll, we'll do a little feature on Live and what's coming up this week on Wednesday. I'll be talking to Pat uh, probably this afternoon. I'm going to get a complete lay down of what's going on up there at Live, and we will report all that. Uh, I think he's doing his press conference with uh, Brooks Kepka and Patrick Reed today, so that will be an exciting uh, three ball as you would <laughs> on its own. On its own. <laughs> exactly, and um, and of course, Live Golf is still dominating headlines and golf twitter every day right now so we'll dive into that and we'll talk about everything going on but thank you very much for watching um as i said next week huge week and we're gearing up for the fourth open of 2022 fourth major of 2022 <laughs>